0: Empire podcast this week we say welcome to the podcast to Chimanji. welcome to the jungle star Karen Gillan plus all usual news and nonsense on the movie podcast that is available for acquisition from Disney the bidding starts at a Nando's gift card and that's be honest ends there as well hello pod I'm Chris Hewitt and welcome to the Empire podcast the last Empire podcast of 2017 Ooh. so so sad we're taking a break we're taking a break uh, I'm off on holiday and that means no one's around to edit the podcast so therefore this is the last podcast of the year so them, them's the breaks so we're going to jam pack everything into this one uh, and joining me to do to discuss everything that's happened this week including a major news story that's broken literally as we're ready to record this thing our two colleagues of such lethal cunning Helen O'Hara hello our supernatural and Hamilton guru our geek queen I was going to get you a shirt to put on to your Hamilton dolls, Helen. are Hamilton dolls? Your I supernatural d- I, dolls? I do.
1: Right? Hamilton dolls? I, I mean, I don't, but sure. Let's, for the purpose yeah. of the, the joke, say yes.
0: It's not even a joke. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. It's a cry for help, quite frankly. Uh, but how are you? You good?
1: Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Good. I'm seeing That's Hamilton tomorrow night.
0: You are, aren't you? Yeah, I am. For the third time? Second. Second time. But the first time where they remember all the words?
1: Uh, the first time words. where it's not the original Broadway cast, oh, okay.
0: Chris. Good. It's a lot of words to remember isn't it, <laughs> it is
1: it? a lot of words It's a to lot remember. of words yeah
0: how do they remember so many words how do shakespeare actors remember so many words it's a lot of stuff to remember practice i can't remember the script for the podcast no <laughs> <laughs> i literally just wrote it you watched me write it
2: and then i forgot it yeah <sighs> hello james dyer hello chris you all right i'm fine how are you yeah i'm all right good Gripped by
0: an ever increasing sense of, of of desperation to just go on holiday. Yeah, I, I feel you. Yeah, but I'd rather you didn't. Okay. But yeah, I'm off to New York with my wife, Drinking Game, and uh, Drinking
2: Game's not her name, by the way. I've I've long wondered whether in fact it is Drinking Game Hewitt.
0: Yeah, well you've you've known follow for a while, so
2: you know it's not. Uh, you're right. You know I it's was, not. I was. You're being facetious, weren't right, yes, you? Yes, I was being facetious.
0: Christmas is round the corner. You excited about that? The
2: goose is getting fat. Yeah.
1: Well, this is so high energy right yeah. now. This is brilliant. Let's keep it up, guys! <laughs> 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 no,
2: we are excited. It's nearly Christmas. No, we are. No, we're only kidding. And we're only kidding. Do many, that. many wonderful things are happening. Uh, yeah. One of which I would mention now, but I'm going to save it for the news section. We are going to save it for the news we're section. Save, we're save it for the news. Section. We're going to save it for the news section. Yeah. And, but
0: I hinted at it, didn't I? In my little intro, he did it's subtly. I think if so you could, subtle. If you can pick up on it, uh, what's it, what's he referring to The Disney acquisition thing? What's that about? Oh,
2: that's not even what I'm talking about. Really? Yes. What do you? What is it? It is. You want me to... Tra- you, shall, I sp- shall I spoil the yeah, news do okay, you on. know what? Let's break with tradition. It's nearly Christmas. Let's go nuts. What? No,
0: So that's not no, when you no, break no, no, with tradition.
1: No,
2: no. What? That's what? No, 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 no. We're not going to do the news section now, but what's the... Uh, what is it? Die Hard. What about it? Die Hard. Oh, yeah. Has been added to the US National Film Registry as a film of cultural significance. It's only taken them decades, but it's there. It's done. It's in there. The greatest Christmas movie ever made at which Good we established... Lord. Lost, uh, uh, to, to Helen Chagrin last time, uh, we established... I didn't. Established I wasn't
1: chagrined. I was just, you know, I just, I just judged ladies you. Ladies and gentlemen,
2: and gentlemen, gentlemen, Mr.
1: Takagi. <laughs> just judging, <laughs> judging. Someone, someone argued this week on Twitter that it isn't a Christmas movie because you can watch it at other times of years, and the real Christmas movies, you, you really can't.
0: That's nonsense. That is a nonsense. You can absolutely watch other christmas movies you can watch home alone whenever you want i i prefer not to watch it ever because it's terrible
1: okay but like muppet's christmas carol it's a wonderful life like the real canon
0: no the the, the optimal time of the year to watch muppet christmas carol is
2: christmas there's no doubt about that I will, but
1: you could, whereas there is you no bad time March. to watch die hard there's there no. is there is no bad time to yeah.
2: watch die hard although i was at a, a family gathering of sorts on the weekend uh, and the question as to what the greatest Christmas movie was asked by a small child. A tiny Tim-like figure, if you will. and <laughs>
3: Please, Mr Dyer, what uh, yeah. is the greatest Christmas movie of all time? Literally
2: that. And before I could open my mouth, every single male around the table said in unison, Die Hard. <laughs>
1: Yes, I was Like
2: that's the vox populi, Helen. You no. cannot argue with the vox populi. <laughs> that's the
1: vox vox masculine, isn't it? You're all like you think you're so genuinely. You all think you're so clever for saying, "Oh, Die Hard is the greatest Christmas movie." And literally every man on the planet seems to think that's an original thing it's to original. say. It's just guys. Accurate. We've all heard you. We don't care.
0: Shh. But it's the right answer.
1: It's the right Shh. answer.
0: Happy trails, don't, Helen. Don't you shush me? I am the patriarchy. I get to have the shushing <laughs> around here. All right. Do we have a question? I don't know. Shall we? Shall we take a look? I did ask for people to write in questions, uh, and because it, you know, it's Christmas. It's a. I, I don't know why I it's, went, a, it's Christmas. It's Christmas. I went, I went, Christmas? I went, I went, it's the
1: time of miracles. <laughs> I went
0: Udo Kier instead of. <laughs> <laughs> instead
2: of Matt went, it's Christmas. Oh, hang on, I, I'll get that. i
0: get. It's Christmas. <laughs> I forgot
2: not to do handscraper. It was the me. night before Christmas and all through the house. Not a creature was stirring. except, except for. The four like- assholes coming in the back in <laughs> 4 by 4 cover formation.
0: <sighs> well, something. All right. Okay. okay. We do have questions. And I wanted a uh, Christmas bent, uh, so to speak. So Scully. here we go. All right. Yes. Uh, right. So. Disney, Star Wars. Uh, Suggestions on books. Uh, What's your worst Christmas film you've ever seen? Oh,
1: (laughs) a Christmas prince.
0: Here's a good one. What's that? Is that the that's, that's the, the, the Netflix, one on Netflix? Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, it's not the worst. There's much worse on the Hallmark channels, but it's pretty bad.
0: It's caused consternation, hasn't it? Because someone uh, from tweeted from the Netflix account the other day, going, uh, "The 53 people who've been watching Christmas Prince every day this month. What? Who what, hurt you? Who hurt you? <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: And people, and it's a funny joke, and people go, "Ha ha ha ha! Funny joke." And then other people went, uh, "Excuse me," and they took the glasses off their face in a very serious manner and went, "Excuse me, I think you're fine. Two things. One, Die Hard." the greatest Christmas film of all time. <laughs> secondly, I'm Peter B. McChanga, I don't know what's happening. Uh, secondly, this is a serious infringement of people's rights. We give this information to Netflix and now they're taunting us with it. What's that about?
1: Well, they're not taunting anyone specifically, i they? presumably, one would hope.
0: Yeah. Anyway.
1: Uh, they could be just making it up maybe they were they
0: could have been just making it up uh, alright so we got a couple of questions um, blow through them really really quickly Natalie at misc underscore Annie asks every year's my job is to pick the Christmas Day film released in the previous 12 months last year's was Hunt for the Wilder People made possible of course by the fact that it was released on VOD as well yes uh, 2016 Inside Out 2015 how oh, to
1: train your dragon how to two. train your dragon yes. two. I
0: was, was going to say I don't remember <laughs> a film being
1: good
0: this year I'm drawing a blank any suggestions so we're looking for something that you can watch on Christmas day with with your granny and your grandpa but and, not a
1: superhero movie.
0: And the little, yeah. And not Die Hard, because there's there's little Ernie. He's only six And it has years to be
1: from this year, Chris. It has to be from this year. I don't well, like the violence.
2: Paddington 2 isn't available. Thor Ragnarok, which would be a good choice despite being a superhero movie, is also not available. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Wonder Woman would be a good choice, but is also a superhero movie. Lego Batman, is that kind of superhero? Because otherwise I would think that would be a kind of a bit of a family pleaser.
2: I think we can all agree the answer is Get Out.
1: I I definitely don't I I love it I definitely don't see it being a Christmas Day pleaser for all the family I got one (laughs) what's
0: that I got one you're gonna love it you're gonna love this oh god it's a ghost story no it's um, (laughs) uh, La La Land
2: La La Land is a good film yes, to watch with the family. That is an excellent choice. It, Helen, it, I can guarantee, will be it, watching it on Christmas Day with the family. It is warm. It is funny. It has great songs. You can have little
0: Ernie, who's only six, dancing around the tree with Grandma Elsie, who's 93. And she's had a new hip replaced just recently, but it's all fine. Thanks to the NHS. And so they're dancing around the tree and they're to another day of sun. Then Helen comes in like the Grinch and goes, I think you'll find and <laughs> the, the and female character. Boo no
1: to you! Life. Well, she doesn't! Feel <laughs> like I'm taking crazy pills here. Good Lord.
0: <laughs> in you come I think you're finding them for a good two hours you should do that You, should, you should, I should do you that should totally I should, do, I do should
1: that. go to every single person's house who's watching La La Land on Christmas Day and explain to them why they are <laughs> you wrong
0: you will be visited at
2: 1am by the ghost of La La Land past. You'll see if, you should see if they give you like a special track on the DVD, like a, a Helen commentary.
1: Yeah. Out. And another thing. <laughs> you know, like in,
2: like they have the Klingon one on Star Trek Discovery. It could be the Helen Splane audio track. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I'll
1: click, record one now.
2: Click here on Thor Ragnarok and it's just Helen going,
1: SPACE FLOOZIES! <laughs> <laughs> like, that's my big takeaway from <laughs> Thor Ragnarok. Aww.
0: All right. Here's one from Smokable Cow.
1: <laughs> that's confusing. Let me just see if that's
0: actually, actually Smokable Cowboy. <laughs> All right. right. Okay. <laughs> that's not as good. Phew. Well, that makes much more sense. Um, Batman Returns is my favourite Christmas movie. Yes. Am I alone in thinking this, or do no. any of the pod members wish to share in my bowl of fishy Fishy fish-, fish-, fish. Helen, what's up? Vichy Soise. Vichy Soise. I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, Vichy Soise. Yeah, yes. I knew I was pronouncing it right because I'm a, a urbane and sophisticated man of the world in it. <laughs>
1: uh-huh.
0: Uh huh. Right, so Smokable Cowboy.
1: I love Batman Returns. I think it's great. It is, um, I, I think, my favourite Batman movie. Oh, uh, interesting. And yeah. And uh, I also know it's Ollie Richards' sometimes of this parish's favourite Batman movie and I would I would guess it's, it's one of his favourite films. Yeah, it's yeah. one of his top three all time so I would guess it's his favourite Christmas film as well. So uh, yes, you are not alone. It's magnificent. Absolutely magnificent. It's fantastic. The bit where um, Michelle Pfeiffer sort of um, cartwheels out of the department store and stops and goes meow as it just blows up behind yeah. her is poetry.
2: The bit when, oh, when Justice League tried to riff on that film made part of me die inside. Oh yeah, it was not good. Just don't even mention it.
1: No, you're not How worthy. Dare you,
2: you are not worthy.
1: <laughs> Keep its name out your mouth.
2: Exactly. Don't use the score either, you bastards. Anyway,
1: <laughs> let's move
2: on, shall <laughs> we? <laughs> uh, okay, one last Christmas question,
0: question, and this comes from uh, Cockers underscore 97. Uh, following a conversation last week about Die Hard being a Christmas movie, does the pod think It's a Wonderful Life <laughs> is a Christmas movie? And then I responded from the Empire account going simply, yes, the pod thinks it's a Christmas movie. Yes. And then Fandango Groover <laughs> let into the fray going, you have to admit it is less of a Christmas movie than Die Hard. in that only part of it is set at Christmas.
1: No, you don't. It's, it's, it's absolutely a Christmas movie because it's one of the sort of classic Christmas stories there's the, the sort of the Christmas Carol model which is bad person becomes better at Christmas mm-hmm. there's also the it's a wonderful life model which is good person realises things aren't so bad at Christmas yeah. um, and that is genuinely one of the archetypes of a Christmas story uh, not to be confused with a Christmas story which is a third archetype of Christmas mm-hmm. movie mm-hmm. Um, and, and it absolutely is 100% Christmassy and it is more Christmassy than Die Hard uh,
0: well, Helen.
1: It's more about the spirit not. of the season than Die Hard is. We're not going to have this I mean, discussion again. Is so, it though? Yes.
0: Is it though? Yes. You're both crackers. Uh, it's also a movie, let's be honest, that ends with a man running down the street yelling Merry
1: Christmas! And, and then, then, it's like. You old building and loan? <laughs> <all> building and,
2: <laughs> and then saying, I must have missed 60 minutes. <laughs> or Hang on, let me do it. I must missed, have missed, missed. No, I can't <laughs> do it. I've forgotten how to do <laughs> it. <laughs> you it. can't do
0: it. I, I need to do Hans Gruber doing Eddie Feder to get it yeah, back right. to
2: get back into the her the hurt
0: her her earn must must 60 minutes there I got to back, I got it back. The there <laughs> goes right transgrover does pearl jam <laughs>
2: <laughs> what was the question it's hard to <laughs> okay it's really hard to say
0: uh, this is this is going to be a fun one right so that's uh, settled
1: it's a great film. It earns its uh, happy ending by being incredibly depressing for at least like th- two thirds hor- of the running time.
0: Horrible things happen. Like to awful, terrible things. It's a man. It's about a man who, let's be honest, is about to commit suicide. Yes, he
1: has a massive breakdown, yeah. and uh, and therefore it's allowed to have a happy ending, and it's not saccharin because of the context, which is everything. And it is a great, great, great movie. And I will be watching it on Christmas Eve, as is traditional.
2: I will be watching Love Actually, for it is a far superior film.
1: Okay, I want you to read the takedown of Love Actually and come back to me, because I do like it, but all the criticisms against it are completely valid. It's Terry terrible. Terry
2: and I are an island of two in defending that <laughs> film to our deaths. Chris is looking at me like a... I, I don't know what. What is this? What is this Actually? Love Actually is, um, you know, a hate
0: crime. <laughs> it, it is. It is just... The worst. It is the. It is objectively the worst. And the thing I hate most about Love Actually is that my wife loves it. Yes. And it is on in our house a lot in the build-up to Christmas. And despite the fact that I think it's the worst, and despite the fact that I would like to drop at least sixty percent of the characters in it out of a very very tall window, Hans Gruber style. I find myself watching it every single time. <laughs> is
2: that largely because Hans Gruber is in fact in it? Yes, I think it is. Yes. Yeah. So this is this is an origin er, story that takes er, this before I Die Hard. Terrible
0: mistake! I brought your prisoners from and you got and <laughs> it's it's so awful. The sequence where Andrew Lincoln goes to oh,
1: don't talk about oh it. Oh, my, that's, that's bad. Sweet that...
2: Jesus Christ! Did you watch uh, the the Love Actually, the red nose thing? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so did that, that did happened. Did that not redeem it for you?
1: I mean, I mean it, it could have been funnier.
2: Yeah, it could. Actually, <laughs> do you know why it wasn't really? <laughs> move on. I was invited to be in that. What? I was invited to be in it. Uh, you know Hugh Grant gives a little press conference? And yeah. They asked, if I, they asked if I wanted to come down and be part of the the. You know, Why the on earth did you, didn't you do it? I had plans. <laughs> like, oh honestly, my it's God. I had plans, and it was a long way from where I live, and I was like, no, I can't
1: be bothered. You are the worst. Um,
2: but, uh, yeah, so that's my excellent anecdote. Have you ever gone to the
0: house of a best friend whose wife you're in love with on Christmas Eve and stood outside with a selection of really creepy signs and a terrible tinny... Uh, of carol singers that would not fool anybody for even the remotest second and stood there on Christmas Eve and professed your love for her and then have you had that woman kind of go oh that's sweet instead of the most creepy psychopathic stalker move I've ever seen in my entire life and then run down the street and kiss you on the lips but in a way that says oh I'm actually I'm flattered by your attention and I kind of love you too but he saw me first so I'm going with him instead so there you go there's something for you to have a memory of it, it's just awful N- not, not for you've like never done problem. that okay no. if you want to have your question read out <laughs> in the Empire Podcast you can do so by a number of methods uh, we are on Twitter as Empire Magazine at Empire Magazine and you can use the hashtag Empire Podcast uh, we're on
2: email podcast at com. hello I, it's just something that I feel honour bound to mention at yes. this point you are literally as we speak as we do this podcast wearing a die hard Christmas jumper right? I am that says now I have a machine gun ho 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 and on the yeah. back of it on the back of it it actually yep. has a gun christmas taped yeah it does to the back of the so it definitively does. proving once and for all <laughs> against <laughs> helen nothing that nothing is the christmas movie
1: i mean just oh good lord
2: <sighs> this is why i'm single
0: <laughs> helen i i like and i appreciate it's a wonderful life but does it have a scene where George Bailey straps uh, several pounds of C4 explosives to a chair and drops it down at an elevator, going, you know. <laughs> take this take under Weisman jerkweed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it doesn't. I've only seen it at of Life a few times, but I'm pretty sure it's not in the director's cut. Glass? Who gives a shit about
2: glass? <laughs> Good take Lord. this under Weisman jerkweed! Yeah, that's my terrible Jimmy Stewart <laughs> the <theory. laughs> <laughs> The problem, Helen, is that you're a policeman. <laughs> there are rules for policemen.
1: What is even happening? Don't Good don't, Lord. Don't, we, don't. we must stop this now. Every time a bell rings, these two star <laughs> up about bloody Die yeah. Hard again.
2: Every time a
0: bell end rings, these two star <laughs> up about Die Hard. <laughs> okay. Uh, you can also get in touch with us on Facebook where we're at Empire Magazine. All right, should we talk about the the news?
3: Sure.
0: Yes.
2: Should we talk about the news? We start with Die Hard since we basically talked about it non-stop.
1: I mean, you've said everything there is to well, that no, story.
2: There is, there is more to it. Also included in the honours list this year are, um, among other things, The Goonies, uh, Superman, La Bamba. I mean, really. La Bamba? Uh, yeah, I'm absolutely serious. Uh, Spartacus and Memento. Because they had 25 films a year, and these are among the choices for this year.
1: All right, sure. So there you go. Hey, speaking of Die Hard, um, that's okay. obviously filmed at the...
2: Nakatomi Plaza. Which is also the... Fox offices.
1: Which brings us to... And they
2: now belong to... Nakatomi Plaza now belongs to Disney. Oh my God!
1: Yes, that's that is the news that epic. Disney is buying 21st Century Fox from Rupert Murdoch for the, you know, eye-watering sum of 52.4 billion dollars.
0: I got consumed, guys. <laughs> How much did you offer, Chris? 25 pounds.
1: Wow, that is a lot for you. That is. That was a bit, five pounds down,
0: stuff. and then a pound a year for the next 20 years.
1: Sure, sure. Um, it's actually totally $66.1 with uh, including some debt. Um, but that is an enormous, enormous uh, deal with enormous, potentially, implications for basically everything. And it's literally been announced as we were coming into the pod booth. So we've had no time to consider those implications whatsoever. Um, yeah, what we does kind of- it
0: have? Because this, is, this has been on the uh, agenda for a couple of weeks. In fact, that I, keep, I keep saying the last couple yeah. of weeks, we'll talk about this when it's done, guys. Uh, until
2: then, it's just idle speculation. But uh, it's kind of done. Yeah, it is. Do you think? We discussed it. For you think, or you you voiced the opinion that maybe Disney would keep the Fox livery as kind of like a subbrand. Do you know what I mean? Like they, they would still at that say Deadpool. They made a Deadpool three. It would be released as a Fox film, even though Fox is owned by Disney. Well, this is certainly the the the, the hope. We don't know at this point what the Disney plans
0: are or, yeah, for anything. for 20th Century Fox and uh, for filmmaking going on uh, in the future. What we do know. Is that Disney as a company is very family focused, and Disney as a filmmaking company is does not make a lot of movies a year. Makes a lot of tent poles, makes a lot of blockbusters, mm. but there are very, very few Queen of Catways. You know, Fox make lots of movies a year. Fox Searchlight, yeah, which is also part of this, make really interesting movies. They, they make movies that are, are artistic and art housey and uh, Academy friendly. In the shape of Water uh, is, f- for example, one. And of course they make films that that take a risk artistically. Uh, Deadpool and Logan are R-rated films and you would wonder that if Fox were completely absorbed into Disney, would Disney as a company where, you know, I imagine there's a massive swear box and people aren't allowed to say you know, the F word. mm, I wonder if those movies wouldn't get made.
1: I don't think that's necessarily the case um, because Disney has had more adult arms in the past. In the
0: past, but there's been a definite move know there has in the last few years. But
1: having the Fox name brought under Disney, you know, if you're going to continue to do what they've done, and you you value them to the tune of 66.1 billion, Mm -hmm. presumably you want to keep them doing what they do. So I I don't think it's... Yeah, so I don't think it it is necessarily a sort of contradiction, and and it could actually widen what Disney do um, in quite interesting ways. So... Yeah, um, it also, of course, brings the one Star Wars film which wasn't fully under the Disney umbrella um, back into the fold. Uh, that's yeah. a New Hope, obviously.
0: Yeah. Um, it, 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 there's lots of interesting questions are raised, and obviously, from a from a from our point of view, from a, geek, <laughs> from a geek point of view, it's very hard to avoid the oh, will we now see all the Star Wars films with the Fox logo and the Fox fanfare? Rein, Reinstated oh, to, yes. to the movies, which should be great. I mean, the Last Jedi, which we'll talk about in a few minutes on the on the podcast, you know, is the third Star Wars movie that doesn't have the Fox logo in front of it. We're not counting a Clone Wars movie, come on. Uh, but and it, it still feels weird to me. It still feels wrong. It needs for me to have the Fox logo, but that's a cosmetic concern. And X Men and the Avengers universe and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we'll talk about it in a second, yeah. obviously, but it is as well can. Will Fox still retain its independence in the way Pixar has retained its independence, in the way that Marvel uh, has retained its independence, and these are, you know, just offshoots of Disney. And will Disney just say, continue to go about your business, you're fine, continue to make the movies you make, if they're R-rated, they're R-rated, it's fine. Just give us all the money. Just, you know, we'll we'll just have the money. And obviously, the reason they're they're doing this is because of people like, you know, the companies. It's because of companies like Netflix, which are really going for it in terms of, you know, producing content, original content, and becoming major players, mm. and Amazon for the same and now Apple are now talking about
2: being being players in the market
0: and as well. And this
1: brings Hulu much more under Disney's yep. control.
2: Yeah, but what does it also mean because Disney streaming service, which launches in twenty nineteen, yeah. now we'll have covers the, the whole stuff. Fox catalogue, the whole Disney catalog, which to a certain extent almost sews up streaming. I'm and that's you know,
1: a Here, big deal here's a random thought I wonder how long exactly this has been in the works because I wonder if it was for example in the works when Inhumans was downgraded from a film to a TV show because there was speculation that they were building yeah. up Inhumans to take the place of the mutants in the Marvel Universe yeah, it absolutely was if this was in the, the sort of in the ether at that point then that uh, might explain yeah. the decision or it might just be because Inhumans is in not ether, very good or
2: indeed in the Terrigan Mists
1: indeed yeah.
0: I, I have a sticky suspicion that uh, over at, at Marvel Studios, they kind of realised oh, this. Even for us, this we're we're going to struggle to turn this yeah. this tale of the world. I think that's probably moon, true. A woman who has hair that can attack people and a <laughs> and teleporting a giant dog. dog. We're going to struggle to make this one. This isn't quite Guardians. This is this is even stupider than that. So yeah. uh, we're going to struggle.
1: I, I think that's true, but I, I just it did occur to me suddenly to yeah. wonder.
0: No, absolutely. I think you're absolutely right to do so. But against that, you would say that there has been a really increased uh, activity in the X Men cinematic universe over Fox. There has. And would there yeah. Would they have really committed to this? Would they have committed to Deadpool two and beyond that an X Force and the Deadpool three and all these R rated films? Gambit and, you know, and so on. Yeah. Gambit and uh, you know the potential X twenty three spin off. James Mangold is working on, and what's the status play of these now? Because you would have to imagine that the the end game is bringing the X Men into the MCU, and that you would imagine would involve rebooting the whole thing from scratch.
1: Well, it might, but then again, um, it might, it's probably not going to be imminent for either company because Marvel's made their plans for the next, what, three, four years easily. They have as well. They can, but that would be a Potentially huge change, so Fox
0: is film history, and yes, so is Disney, but Fox over decades, yeah, means so much to film fans. It is the home of Star Wars. it is you know the the that fanfare the the Alfred Newman fanfare is for me one of the the greatest studio fanfare, and it 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 does something to you when you hear that, and I would really hope that that doesn't go away,
1: yeah, definitely. Uh, also this week were the SAG Award nominations, the Screen Actors Guild, um which the are saggies, Which they are they don't, but um <laughs> this is uh an interesting one so the uh, outstanding performance by a cast by an ensemble in a motion picture Um, the nominees are The Big Sick Get Out Lady Bird Mudbound and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing Missouri that is an interesting list because that has traditionally been a pretty good best picture predictor and that is an unlikely list of best picture candidates that is a very surprising to me anyway Mm -hmm. um, list it doesn't include for example um, The Post which would seem like an obvious one led by Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks. Uh, it doesn't include, obviously, Dunkirk, but maybe you wouldn't expect that for a, an acting award. I don't know, but it's something certainly you'd expect to be in the Oscar conversation. It's it's unusual, but at least it has some younger talent that, than we are typically you know used to seeing in these things. So it's not that it's a bad list, it's just I, I would be very surprised if it's as much of a predictor as usual um, this year. But um, uh, nominations for Woody Harrelson, Steve Carell, Willem Dafoe, Richard Jenkins, Sam Sam Rockwell in supporting roles. Um, outstanding female lead: Judy Dench, Sally Hawkins, Frances McDormand, Margot Robbie, and Saoirse Ronan. That's a really strong category. And yep. male male leads: uh, Timothy Chalamet, James Franco, Daniel Kaluuya, Gary Oldman, and Denzel Washington. Again, very strong category. Mm-hmm. And great to see Daniel Kaluuya get some recognition there.
0: Definitely, yeah. interesting that we're focusing on the SAGs, Saggies, uh, not the Golden Globes. Uh, I'm very happy, obviously, for everybody who got nominated for Golden Globe. But my my, my attitude towards Golden Globes is uh, one big Alan Partridge shrug. Right?
1: Indeed, quite so, quite so.
0: But uh, but still, go Guillermo. <laughs> um,
1: Hey, I mentioned Woody Harrelson right now for Indeed. Three Billboards. He's also apparently circling Venom, the film that we don't want to care about and they keep making us. It's very upsetting. <laughs> Ruben Fleischer directing, obviously, Tom Hardy in the lead, Riz Ahmed, Michelle Williams, Jenny Slate lined up and now Woody Harrelson apparently in talks to join them. Um Uh, so yeah it's happening and it keeps looking good and you keep thinking these guys have got to know something to be signing up for it so it's got to be decent
2: Hardy I believe revealed on the Lethal Protector run of the comics Uh I think he mentioned it was either this week or last week uh, which is an interesting one okay again Venom as and I know it's your favourite thing Helen Mm -hmm. a villain who becomes a likeable (sighs) anti-hero
1: (laughs) <laughs> Super get, good. Does he yeah. have daddy
2: issues? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And fingers crossed and space, space bluesies. And
2: also, the symbiote can become a plaid shirt, so that's good.
1: <laughs> well, that's all right then. In that case, I'm back on board. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's happening. So there's a thing.
2: Uh, should we
0: should we talk about two uh, two actually three fairly big trailers that dropped uh, during the last week? What, what were they, Chris? Well, James, I'm glad you asked. Uh, first of all, there was Jurassic World. Fallen Kingdom oh
2: that one uh, had dinosaurs in
0: it which debuted, it did have dinosaurs in it well done you're keeping up I like that uh, the second trailer that we should talk about is Elita. It had big Angel. eyes in
2: it It did. Have oh big eyes what big, eyes, big eyes, eyes you have
1: yes and in fact we talked to Robert <laughs> Rodriguez and he did a trailer breakdown for us which is on the site right yes, now did? that's
0: very nice did he Did he talk about why he'd made that terrible creative
2: decision to have the, the massive
0: eyes that was
1: James Cameron's terrible creative decision I don't know that it was
2: a terrible creative decision I know you two are both not in the happy camp over this but
1: I'm not like I'm not hating on it, but I'm I'm a little
2: bit disturbed by I'm it. I'm fine with it. I mean, it's freaky as all hell, but I quite liked it. Like I like, oh, this is interesting. I mean, it's mental, but it's interesting. I have no problem with it. I'm interested to see how this film plays out. It could be dreadful. I wasn't a big fan of you know the last big anime, the Ghost in the Shell, which came out, which looked lovely but was nonsense. But I I have I have you know bear in mind Cameron's been going on about this film for literally decades. Yeah. Literally, I mean, I interviewed him about it. I mean, it must have been 15 years ago. Uh, so, I, frankly, I want to see what the fuss is about. Why was he so excited? I've never read the mangas. I've, you know, I, I have very little knowledge of the source material, but yeah, I like it. I like the aesthetic. I like the look. Yeah count me in well there you go we found him we found, <laughs> we, we found the one
1: so it's a a robot salvaged yeah, a robot. from a junkyard by yeah. Christoph Waltz um, and she's played by Rosa Salazar and Nokia. she has kind of uh, she has giant manga eyes but otherwise looks sort of vaguely human from a glance
0: she's CG she's entirely CG and she's mocap she, in Rosa Salazar or is she no she's just human just her face yeah and she's got these massive manga what, eyes massive manga eyes, and i it it just it it looks unconvincing. it is weird it 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 just the CG isn't good enough for
1: me well no i mean it's it's still very very early days, badly and there's days. a couple of shots in the trailer that I know weren't entirely finished but yes. um but I think in the shots where it is, it's not terrible. I just I'm not sure about it as a creative decision, but it's not badly done, right. I didn't think
0: okay. Uh, and speaking of trailer breakdowns, one Antonio Bayona, the director of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, also spoke to me about that trailer. So you can go and check that out on the Empire website, which is James, www.empireonline.com. No, just com.
1: Just com, James. Just calm. Okay.
0: And the third trailer was Ready Player One, the second trailer for Ready Player One, which this time actually lays out the story. Yeah. And then throws loads of CG at you.
1: Yeah, it does. There's a huge amount of CG in this film, which I guess is inevitable given that most of it takes place inside the Oasis, which is entirely CG by its very nature. Um, but it was interesting. It was our, f- our first look at um, at Wade's avatar per- Parsifal, um, so that was um, kind of again manga looking. Um, but it'll be yeah. I'm I'm I mean I'm sort of trusting in Spielberg. I feel like it's one of those not very good books that maybe has a good film in it. You know, like mm. Devil Wears Prada terrible book
2: As it, there has never been a film more aimed at me than Ready Player One um, and I genuinely want to see it and I love that there are game references like Tracer from Overwatch is in the trailer which of course you both knew Oh sure. Um, but that was not a good trailer in the same way that all anyone can think about when looking at the poster is the length of his leg I think all anyone can hear when watching that trailer is the inexplicable use of the song <laughs> jump by, is it ACDC? It is ACDC, isn't it? It's Van Halen, it's
1: isn't it? Van, Van Halen? Yeah.
2: Okay, so. uh, all anyone can hear when they listen to that trailer is the song Jump by Van Halen, uh, which struck me as a very
1: odd But choice. it's all obsessed with the 80s, so that's I mean, why.
2: But, yeah. Every day is Christmas Eve. Empire, and in Spielberg,
1: we trust. But every every day, day is Christmas yep.
2: Eve, and we know that the day after that we'll be watching Die Hard, and that's the important <laughs> thing. I I just say, by the way, when we're talking about
0: bad books being adapted into great films, uh, an example that comes to mind just off the top of my head, Helen, of sure. course, is Roderick Thor- Thorpe's book, Nothing Lasts Forever, which is a not very good book, uh, but was adapted into a movie in 1988. Oh, um, uh, what is it? It's called um, <laughs> Die Hard, which in German, of course, means Le Hard. So, very... Well, no one who knows German could be evil. <laughs> Um, oh, we're not done with news yet. We're not done with news. Are we not? You guys You guys will be excited about this. You may be hearing this for the first time. I probably should have told you. But uh, our 300th podcast is coming up.
1: Ooh. Uh, it
0: is very, very exciting. Uh, it's going to be in February. And we're doing a live one. We're doing a live show. Wow. And we're going to be back at the King's Place.
1: King's not place. the
0: palace. You know, not the literal palace. King's oh, that's because
1: we have a queen I'm just saying
0: yeah no not, not the king's place no we won't be doing this at Buckingham Palace but where we did our live podcast at the London Podcast Festival back in September we loved doing it there and uh, we're going to go back so February 14th the evening of February 14th uh, so that is Valentine's Day and what could be more romantic than taking your loved one to see a bunch of idiots talk about movies it's going to be very <laughs> very
2: exciting
1: Valentine's Day Right. Yeah. Well, yeah.
3: Uh,
2: luckily, I absolutely have no plans, so that's uh, that's fine. Yeah. Well, now you do have a plan,
0: so uh, tickets will be on sale for that very, very soon. So that's uh, obviously very exciting. So do keep them out. We'll we'll be tweeting announcements about that. So it's going to be at kingsplace.co.uk. Uh, so yeah. Should be should be fun. Looking forward to
1: that. So any single celebrities with a film to promote and no one to spend Valentine's Day with. Pretty much. Today is your lucky day. Pretty
0: much. Or you, bring the wife and family. It's all good. It's all good. So, but but seriously, if you are an A-list star and you are around. <laughs> On the evening of February 14th. And we like a
2: date with the Empire Podcast. Uh,
0: yeah, by all means, do come along. We won't be able to provide a car, but we can provide a detailed map of the tube. <laughs> <laughs> so you can find... And it's King's Cross, so it's it's nice and easy. But yeah, we would love to have you there. It's uh, such a great venue. It's the 300th podcast. It's going to be a, bit, a pretty big deal for us. So
2: do come along. Will it be us standing strong against...
1: <laughs> yes, an army. <laughs> an army. An overwhelming
2: <laughs> army of Persian soldiers.
1: Yes, Yes, and y'all are going to have to wear just, like, pants on a cloak, so I'm just going to have to wear, I don't know, an eye mask, I think. I
2: have two (laughs) months to get buff. (laughs) I have no doubt we can both look like a... Buffer. Jerry Butler. (laughs) This is Empire! Great.
0: (laughs) This is push-ups. I don't like it! Uh, All right, should we have a guest? Yes.
2: Please. week's guest. So I
0: mentioned in the last week's show that Hugh Jackman would be part of this show, and then someone said to me no because of a little thing called an embargo uh, there are embargoing interviews now did you know that mm. yes
1: mm. literally everyone's known that for a while Chris
0: I don't know because I, I never read what I sign and mm. I just kind of blithely just do stuff but then someone said I think to me, no, I know where you're that.
1: going wrong oh is that, is <laughs> I that where i going wrong <laughs> I think wrong? it might be so yeah. we're
2: holding on to Hugh until the new year we're not, not literally he's no. not in the basement of no the office. Jimbo no Jimbo we're not holding on to Hugh
0: to next year we're we'll letting him go. we're freeing no, him no, we're freeing him next Friday Next Friday, which is when the regular podcast goes up because we're not doing a regular podcast next week. Instead, you're going to be able to listen to the Hugh Jackman interview special. Okay, so we're going to put that up on its own. Me talking to Hugh Jackman. Uh, sorry about one half of that. Uh, and the week after that, again, to fill the void left by the regular podcast, we're going to have a review of the year podcast that we've just recorded. So and that's a, going to be up. going to be right up to the minute, accurate. It's going to be so yep. much, yeah, lots of pre-Disney Fox talk in that one. Uh, so, 22nd, next week, Hugh Jackman, 29th, review of the year. And then we're back on January 5th. Super. Sound good?
2: Yeah. Sounds sure. good to me.
0: All right, so that means this week's guest is Karen Gillan, who is fantastic. Uh, she stars in this week's Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Very, very funny as a video game character called Ruby Roundhouse, who actually houses Uh, A young girl called Martha who is transported into the video game Jumanji along with three three schoolmates played in the video game world by The Rock, Kevin Hart and Jack Black. Uh, Karen Gillan, of course, shot to fame as Amy Pond in Doctor Who but has carved out a cracking career across the, if you will, Pond. See what it did there? Yes. This is all all ad-libbed.
1: That's amazing, Chris. This is pretty good.
0: This is Radio radio 4 level shit right here. (laughs) Anyway, Karen Gillan's great in stuff like uh, Oculus and The Big Short, and now and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One and Two, where she plays Nebula. She'll soon be seen in Avengers Three and Four as well. She's great in Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle. She was in town this week. I went along to speak to her. I had an absolute blast, and you know what? (laughs) I think you will too. Here's Karen Gillan. Enjoy. Uh, We're delighted to be joined on the Emperor Podcast by Karen Gillan, star of Jumanji colon Welcome to the jungle. How are you?
3: I'm good. How are you? Yeah,
0: not too bad, not too bad. You, uh, you jet-lagged? I ask, I ask um, everyone this, because everyone's just flown in.
3: Yeah, I got in yesterday morning, straight from the Avengers film set. Uh-huh. So I am a little confused, and there's still some blue under my fingernails. <laughs> <laughs> what
0: do you mean you're confused? Confused because...
3: Because I don't know what day or time it is. All right, okay. But Take I'm a... feeling... I feel like I'm running on adrenaline because I'm so excited to be back in the UK. I haven't been back in like almost a year.
0: Oh, God, really? Do you yeah. have like, I am I was going to say a bucket list, but that sounds wrong. Do you have a list of things you want to do? How long are you here for and what do you have planned?
3: Well, I have to leave tomorrow morning.
0: Jesus Christ.
3: So um, my bucket list involved baked beans, black pudding and <laughs> tea. And have you done it? I've achieved all of them except the beans. You'll okay. be happy to hear.
0: Alright, great. So you, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna take it a show? There's there's Glenn Glen Ross is is right across the street.
3: Yeah, I was actually thinking about going to see a play tonight, um uh-huh. maybe Ferryman. But um Oh that's good. Oh, is
0: it? It's is good. Although yeah. I saw it, I saw it with Paddy Constantine so I don't know what the replacement. Yeah, apparently
3: like. it's a new cast now. Yeah, um, but my parents are here with me, so we might just stay in the hotel, and get room service. <laughs>
0: Fair enough. It sounds good. So it's pretty much pedal to the metal at the moment on Avengers.
3: Yeah, all go. Um yeah. we've been going since January, and then we finish in January, so the end is near.
0: Wow. So it's um, not it's not back to back, but as as much as. You know, near it, I oh, guess.
3: It's back-to-back movies It's two yeah, back-to-back yeah. films. Yeah, wow. we're we're filming them at the same time. Have
0: you had a break at all?
3: From Avengers? Yeah. Well, you know, there's so many characters in it that it's not consistent. I mean, I'll work for a month and then have some time off and then come back. Mm-hmm. So um, it's sporadic enough that it's sort of a bit easier on all of us, I think. <laughs> all
0: right, Grant, excellent, and uh, this one as well. Uh, Welcome to the jungle. Or what, how do you how do you refer to it? Do you refer to it as Jumanji or Welcome to the Jungle?
3: I call it Jumanji.
0: Jumanji, yeah. Just...
3: Welcome to the jungle's like a little afterthought.
0: It is. I presume when you started this movie, you, it wasn't called Welcome to the Jungle.
3: It wasn't. All
0: right. Okay. So it's just Jumanji for you. It's Jumanji. Okay, good, good, good. I just want to make sure we can avoid confusion with the previous. With the original,
3: yeah, you're yeah. right. I never thought of that. Mm. But it's not Jumanji two. It might have to be the long winded version. Jumanji, welcome to, <laughs> to go, Jumanji welcome
0: to the jungle. You have to go Jumanji colon. Welcome to the jungle. You yeah, have to do that. Yeah, you and to, you're moving
3: yeah. your hands in quite uh with a flourish. Yeah.
0: Which is great on a podcast when you start doing stuff like that, but, yeah. Yeah, but thank you for explaining it to the listeners that that's what I was doing. Uh, but th- this movie is, uh, is, is a lot of fun and uh, you, was it was something that was uh, an easy yes for you? To, um, to do yes. this. <laughs> yeah.
3: It was a bit of a no brainer for me um, because I am such a fan of the original. I am the number one fan of the original film, Jumanji.
0: Okay. Okay. Why, why number one? What was what it about Jumanji that.
3: I just loved it so much growing up. It's in my top three films of all time. It goes 2001, A Space Odyssey, right? A Clockwork Orange, Jumanji. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can see why. Yeah. Right? Kubrick, Kubrick. Joe Johnston. Exactly. It makes sense to me. Logic. Uh, uh, have you triple-pilled that before? That seems to me like that it be one hell of a Friday night. Perhaps that's what you should do I've never done that. I should do parents. that in one, yeah. one fell swoop. That would take that would take a while. 2001 is a bit of a, that's a long That's sit. a bit of an
3: epic one, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: so what would you do? Which which order would you watch those films in? Would you watch 2001 first? Would you say that to the end? Because...
3: I think, you know, 2001 has always felt like the ultimate movie of all movies to me. Right. Because it's like the ultimate story in a sense of, uh-huh. of like man's relationship and existence to to the universe uh-huh. so like it feels like a finale <laughs> however it's so long there's even an intermission there's an interval in the middle of it i went to see it in the cinema in london and there was a real interval right okay. because it's so epic and long so i might have to get that out the way first <laughs>
0: But then what do you start with? I mean, what what, what do you finish I with? I think either?
3: I would start with a clockwork orange.
0: Okay. Because that's fun. So you, we actually, so you would start with a clockwork orange?
3: Yeah. And then... No, sorry.
0: You'd end with a clockwork orange?
3: No, no. I'd start with 2001. Start with 2001. Yes. All right. Sorry. Start with 2001. Okay. Then do Jumanji to break up the Kubrick...
0: Okay. And then yeah. go A
3: Clockwork Orange.
0: All right. That's perfect. That's the perfect triple bill. That's what you're doing tonight with your parents. <laughs> they, they don't know it yet. Yeah, that's, they're
3: going <laughs> to <that's>, love it. <laughs> that's what you're
0: doing. Just lock the doors so they can't leave and, and there you go. Yeah. So what was it about Jumanji? I can you know, like, it's, a, it's a good film. It's a fine film. I'm surprised that it's your top three. I'm surprised it's in your top three.
3: Yeah, a lot of people are.
0: Right. Okay. So what was it about Jumanji that hooked you?
3: Um, I, You know, I think when you ask people what their favorite films are, Usually there's one in there that's just childhood nostalgia. Yeah, For most choice. men, they would say Back to the Future,
0: <laughs> that's, I feel. Is that one of yours? It's, it's one of my favourites. It's not my top three, Okay, it's, fair. It's, it's up there.
3: Yeah, okay, so a lot of people would answer that and that, that, you know, Jumanji is my version of that Um, where you just, it's just pure nostalgia and happiness and memories and I (laughs) loved it so much and I loved like the lion that's really scary in it and I loved Robin Williams (laughs) more than anything.
0: So you have very fair memories because you mentioned Back to the Future I have very strong memories of watching that for the first time. Right, My dad taking me to the cinema. What was Jumanji like for you? I
3: didn't go to the cinema but I just remember being in my living room watching it and being scared of the lion and also loving Kirsten Dunst in it. There's yes. a line where she, when someone calls the house and she puts on an English accent and says, <laughs> oh, sorry, you have the wrong number. And I remember laughing hysterically at that as a child, thinking that's the funniest thing I've ever seen. That's acting. Yes. She at did a different accent.
0: At the drop of a hat, she did a different accent. Yeah. Uh, but it, I love the video game twist. I love mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, and it's a very old school video game as well. So. Yeah,
3: it's. Yeah, I'm not so much fun. of a
0: modern gamer because I'm, not. I'm terrible I at them.
3: I don't play them anymore, but I did play them in the 90s.
0: Right, okay.
3: Tekken. Loved Tekken.
0: <laughs> Tekken, okay. Classic. Yeah. Okay. Anything like this? Anything like sort of adventure games that Jumanji is kind of riffing on?
3: Um. Well, I think Tekken's kind of in the vibe of my character. She uh-huh. does a lot of fighting.
0: Yes, yes. Um,
3: I don't know that I ever played a game like... Jumanji, though I don't yeah.
0: think so. I don't know if, there, if such a game exists. Maybe something like Monkey Island, or
3: oh, or something I don't like that. No, I you know. hope that they make a video game out of it now.
0: That'd be nice. That'd yeah. be nice. Yeah, see, see yourself as a as a sort of pixelated avatar type thing. That'd be yeah, quite fun. I'm open to that. Uh, so you were playing a video game character, uh, Ruby Roundhouse, but also you were playing Martha yes. within that that character. Yeah. So you know do you did you work with the previous actors to the the young actors the teenage actors to kind of get their rhythms and their mannerisms yes. and, and festos in the characters definitely your, your um,
3: yeah. yeah well, Morgan Turner is the girl who played the sixteen year old version of martha and um i I shot all of my stuff first, so I basically went out to breakfast with her a couple of times and just sort of like spent some time with her to gauge her overall vibe, which I then took into my version of the character. Mm -hmm. But she hadn't shot anything yet. So I shot all of my stuff and I basically had free reign with the character to create something I wanted. And then I just passed on all of the traits that I had given her onto onto Morgan. And I was like, take these if you want them, but she's yours now, so do what you want. And then she should probably get all the credit for the consistency with the character because she then shot all of her stuff after me and And you
0: you were gone already I
3: was gone I was out of there
0: (laughs) you were off (laughs) it's like do what you will yeah it's all fine you do have the dance fighting I do have to ask about that yes uh, because I'm fascinated by that I can't dance and I can't fight I didn't
3: think I could either
0: yeah so how did that how did that work for you
3: well first of all I was like what the hell is dance fighting Uh that's not a thing um And they were like, oh, it's something we've invented where you do a dance and then fight. (laughs) And I was like, cool. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, it was amazing. I'm not a dancer, so I had to do like a lot of dance um, training for it. And then also so much fight training, more than I've ever experienced on any Marvel movie or anything. Oh, Um, wow, really? Just, yeah, a lot. I mean, this is more stunts than I've ever done before.
0: Wow. Okay. So how much, because you do a fair amount, I imagine, on Guardians, right?
3: Yeah, but this just felt really consistent. Um, I was just doing so much of it and this dance fight sequence, I mean, that was a long fight sequence yeah. that took days to film, you know.
0: Okay, so are you still proficient? If music started being piped into the room right now... Yeah, you better watch Could you out. take people out?
3: Yeah. You're, you're right. the only one in the room, so don't play any music. I
0: would just imagine that if the music started being piped in, then that would trigger henchmen. Henchmen would come oh, in. Oh, okay. Right, and then you would take them out.
3: i take everyone in this room out.
0: Yeah, don't take out the podcast host. That's...
3: Uh, yeah, well,
0: leave them don't alone. Don't play any music. Leave the podcast alone It's involuntary.
3: Alone. I, I can't control it.
0: <laughs> so um, you filmed out in Hawaii. This this one. Yeah, in the deep jungle. How was that?
3: Um, it sounds like paradise. <laughs> yeah, and it was in some ways, but it's also really intense to shoot in a jungle. Yeah. because it's really hot really humid there's mosquitoes biting you <laughs> and when you're scottish you flare up when that happens
0: <laughs> right cuz you've you've obviously i guess wrestled with midges in the past and
3: yeah midges um, are just like a small <laughs> Small little taster of what a mosquito can be.
0: Right, okay. So did you like did you dance fight mosquitoes? <laughs> yeah, it was you
3: consistently ward them
0: off that way. Yeah.
3: But apparently they can just fly around it. Um yeah, they were biting me left, right and center. So I had to cover myself in bug spray while trying to maintain this fake tan that was applied to me. So it would just all be mixing together and like running down my leg. <laughs> and then let's let's talk about the centipedes in the jungle. Centipedes can fall from trees at any given moment. So you're just never safe.
0: Jesus Christ. Yeah. And what what do they do? What can they do? Can they Actually
3: don't know, um but you just don't want that on you. So, <laughs> way too many legs.
0: Probably a 100 I'm guessing. Yeah. Somewhere somewhere in that region. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> also, but also in a, in a jungle you have snakes. Yeah, Do we you, didn't
3: have any snakes in that jungle
0: Alright, okay So we were safe Okay, that's just good Just a lot
3: of spiders
0: Right, okay And are you alright with that sort of stuff? Or no. is, I, I, Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I can see there's, there's pain in your eyes As you're imagine, recalling yeah, them Yeah, I was just the, recalling the this one time When I
3: didn't know that there were spiders in the jungle Until they put this white sheet on the ground For lighting purposes And then I saw it get covered in hundreds of spiders Because we couldn't see them on the ground Until the white sheet was down And then I realized like how many must be really down there.
0: Oh my god! Oh yeah. my god! Because I'm I'm yeah. thinking back to your co-stars as well. So obviously Dwayne has Dwayne. I like to call him Dwayne. First name terms, Mr. Dwayne. Mr. Johnson has filmed in jungles before. In fact, he's been yeah. in a film called Welcome to the Jungle. I know before, which is yeah,
3: it's kind of his. So, thing.
0: it's so weird. Every film starring in the Rock should now have the subtitle Welcome, Welcome to the, the jungle. jungle.
3: Yes, you're should right.
0: Fast and Furious Nine, Welcome to the Jungle. Fast and Furious Ten, Welcome to the Jungle, and just so on and so forth. Yeah. In fact, am I right in thinking that the title of Avengers Four is Avengers Welcome to the Jungle? You're correct. Well, there you go. That's it's the scoop. All
3: of my films, now all your films,
0: all his films is the mm-hmm. big hot scoop. Yeah. So, so um, that's going to be everywhere in the internet in a second.
3: Yeah,
0: and What have done. I'm just going to live tweet this. Um, so he's filmed the jungle before. Jack Black did Tropic Thunder in the jungle. So they, they have a little bit of jungle now, where so they were they guiding you through, going, stay away from that tree. It's if got. They centipedes. did. It
3: certainly didn't show. <laughs> They were not handling the jungle. None no. of us were. Really, I I
0: find it very hard to believe that Dwayne maybe Johnson Dwayne,
3: would be. but you know he's from Hawaii, so it's his territory. You know.
0: Did the animals? Is it a bit like Bobby Cannavale in the film? Did the animals yeah. heed his call?
3: Yeah, everyone does. All the humans, <laughs> all the animals.
0: The the accent in this is a lot of fun. When did you first discover you were good at accents?
3: A very young age. All right. Um, I realized that I could do that really young Um, and I used to run around my house doing this like old southern granny voice. (laughs) I remember and thinking this is really good and it was terrible. (laughs) 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 But yeah, so like and then when I discovered that I started like performing it to my class in school, which was quite strange because.
0: Were you a class clown?
3: Not really, but like I, I would perform a lot. Okay So like But I was really quiet When I wasn't performing So everyone was just Confused by me Like <laughs> But she's really shy Why is she like Standing in front of everyone Doing this ridiculous voice now Right okay So it didn't make any sense
0: And you'd be doing accents Rightfully, rightfully oh, off Oh totally yeah what I loved of, it So Southern Granny what, what was in your repertoire That was
3: my repertoire English was in my repertoire
0: Okay You did, a, you did an English so You did Kirsten Dunst uh, Do an English Earlier on Yeah that's, that's very, very specific it, Because yeah.
3: that's uh, An American person Doing an English accent mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is a thing in itself
0: Yeah. So there's English. There was a Southern granny.
3: There was everything. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Like I loved it. it, Even when I played Barbies as a child, I played them in an American accent, which I didn't realize is weird until recently. Like a few years ago, I was like, oh, it's kind of weird. I was like putting on this accent the whole time. That's what everyone does, right? Well, maybe it is. Okay. Maybe it's only weird to Americans because they are American.
0: And that's something that that you've worked on and refined as you've as you've gone on through your career. Does mm-hmm. it does it still come naturally to you? Do you work with a dialect coach? How does how does it work?
3: Um, it depends. So if I'm just doing like an, a general American accent, mm-hmm. which means like a, not a specific one. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's what general means. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like you needed that explanation. Um, uh, then I don't need a dialect coach and right. I don't work with one anymore just because I've done it so much. It's primarily what I use when I'm acting now. Okay. Um, so that's sort of like second nature. But if it's a specific accent, then I'll need a dialect coach. And I have an amazing one in Los Angeles who I work with.
0: Okay, excellent. So what, what about Nebula, for example? That accent, you could have chosen any accent in the world Mm. or in the galaxy for Nebula. Yeah. And you went with this very, very low key, very low... Mm -hmm. American accent. What what, what was your your choice there?
3: Um, Well, that is general American. So it's more of a voice quality than an accent change. Um, But that came about because... actually, you know the funny thing? I auditioned for Nebula in a Scottish accent, did a screen test in a Scottish accent and got the role. She was going to be Scottish. We were going to have an Invernessian alien in Guardians (laughs) of the Galaxy. We were so close. And then... Right before I started filming, the director was like, make her American. And I was like, okay. (laughs)
0: Luckily, I
3: could do that. Because I've been doing this since I was six. Yeah, I got this. It's It's a (laughs) (laughs) Barbie. And then I got onto set and started filming my first scene ever. And then James Gunn, the director, was like, can you just play this like Marilyn Monroe and Clint Eastwood? (laughs) And I was like, what? (laughs) Um, And he was like, it's the same voice quality. He, and then he said something about the fact that Clint Eastwood maybe modelled his voice on Marilyn Monroe, which is a funny what? little nugget of information.
0: I've never heard that before.
3: Yeah, he said he read it on the internet somewhere and it's been in his mind for years and he finally wants to use it now. Wow. And so that's where this like really breathy sort of thing comes in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you think that's true? The Clint Eastwood Marilyn Monroe thing. I
3: don't know if it's true that he modelled it on her, but I definitely feel there are similarities there. That's
0: mad. That's mad. That's one of those things where people, it's probably not true, but you read it on the internet, so it, you think it, it must is be true. true. Just as people will now think that Avengers 4 is called Welcome to the Jungle because after they listen to this interview, because it'll be on the internet. Yeah. So there you go. When was the last time you uh, used your own accent? In oh.
3: oh, my God, I can't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time I. I oh, wait. <laughs> it was in my movie that I directed. <laughs>
0: Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Because yes. I was just about to ask about that.
3: Ah, nice yeah. little segue. And
0: there you go. Nice <laughs> my sor- my organic segue. So yeah. this is the-, the party's just beginning. The
3: party is just beginning. The party
0: is just beginning. No, you don't
3: think. have to stress the is. I don't know why I did that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't stress that, please. So, so it's the, the party is just beginning or The Party's Just Beginning?
3: No, it's apostrophe Party, S. It's, the Party's Just the Beginning. Party's Just Beginning.
0: So I was right in the first You place. were right.
3: I don't know why I did that to you.
0: Well, there you go. Okay. Well, oh glad God, we sorry. got on the same page finally. <laughs> um, I'm very intrigued by this movie. Can, what, what can you say about it?
3: I can say that it is a film that I wrote and directed. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote it a few years ago and it's set in my hometown, Inverness, in Scotland. Uh-huh. And it's about a girl dealing with the suicide of her best friend. And she has a hard time communicating with people. And so all of her angst... Towards the suicide is manifesting in quite self-destructive ways. Okay. So it's sort of a story of the aftermath of suicide, the ones that are left behind.
0: So this is uh, clearly a very very heavy duty subject. No, nope, it's a comedy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's, it's not at all. It's it's yeah. dark and um, it's a bleak story. But I hope that there is some humour in there because yeah. the Scottish, you know, there's like a Scottish sense of humour in there. Yeah. of, like, humour in the face of adversity.
0: Very pitch black comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah
3: it's that kind of vibe.
0: And you got a, a hell of a cast as well, so...
3: Yes, amazing cast. We've yeah. got Lee Pace, who is um, Ronan the Accuser in Guardians yes. of the Galaxy. And we have um, Matthew Beard, who is in mm-hmm. The Imitation Game, and who's just so brilliant in the film. Everyone needs to see the film just for his performance. Um, and then amazing, like, just an array of amazing Scottish actors.
0: Fantastic. So what's the situation with that at the moment? Is it... Uh,
3: so, um... We are going to play some film festivals that I'm so excited that I can't say right now because it hasn't been announced, (laughs) but it's going to be premiering um, towards the beginning, I think, of next year. All right. Um, So I'm really excited to start sharing it with people because the people that we have shared it with so far have been crying at the end of it, which... I'm hoping isn't out uh, of just hatred towards the film. <laughs>
0: I don't. Does anyone hate cry these days? It's like I hate this movie so much I'm going to cry.
3: Yeah, I, it's an I extreme form
0: of hatred. No, I think that's a compliment. I think when people cry at your movie, that's yeah. That's a compliment. Well, I mean, unless of course that's not the intended effect. <laughs> no,
3: it, it hopefully is evoking the right, right um, emotions in people, good, good. stirring up something. <laughs>
0: mm. You directed a couple of shorts as well. Yeah, uh, was that in preparation for this? Was the idea always that? You would direct, ultimately, that this was something yeah. you would be moving towards?
3: Yeah, so that was the reason for the short films, because I knew I needed to, I knew I wanted to move into directing, and um, I needed to learn how to do it. <laughs> so you start by making short films, um, get a little taste of it, and, um, and then I was ready to make my first feature.
0: So which director do you think you've taken most from?
3: I've taken little pieces from everyone, to be honest. Um, it's interesting. I, I feel like the, I've been speaking to a lot of DOPs that I work with because I get to work with some of the best in the industry mm. um, when I'm acting in film. So I feel so lucky that I'm just privy to all of this information that a lot of other directors wouldn't be because they're not on sets as much as yeah, yeah, I yeah. would be, for instance. Yeah. Um, so I've just been picking up um, so much on the technical side which has been amazing because I kind of, I, I understand the acting and performance side of things. That is something I know how to do and I know how to talk to actors. And so the other side to develop is the technical side. So I've been working a lot on that. And um, I just know what I like when directors are working with me. And so I feel like I've definitely taken all of that on board.
0: Are you very much a, a set bunny in a way? A lot of actors obviously will go back to their trailers and prepare or rest or, mm. or do whatever Disney they, they do. Um, do you stay on set? Do you like to observe? Do you like mm-hmm. to sit next to the director and watch things happening and I don't, store things away? I don't away? sit We've... next
3: to the directors. That, that might be a bit intense for them. Okay. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Yeah.
0: What, but, uh, dressed as Nebula as well. Yeah, like, just mm, like, what's happening? No, thanks.
3: Um, but I do linger around set. I mean, the other day, for instance, I was just chatting to the camera operator and, just, and I, I get lens tutorials from, from people, so it's quite handy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's excellent. It's like it's like a film school, isn't it? It's like a little. It really is. Like a this is my treasure film trough. school. Avengers. <laughs> it's not a bad film school. It's not a bad one. So, Karen, we have this thing we do in the uh, podcast from time to time with people. There's a thing called that we have called IMDb Bunker. So there are okay. facts and trivia and, and you know stuff about people on the IMDb.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Most
0: so of funny. it's rubbish.
3: Yeah, I know. It's so so I, just, random.
0: I want to throw some stuff at you. Okay. All right. And then you can confirm whether it's true or not.
3: Okay.
0: Right. Uh became a huge fan of the situation comedy Community after her flatmate told her about the Doctor Who parody, Inspector Space Time. True or false? False. False.
3: I didn't I didn't follow it as much as this makes out. My my <laughs> flatmate in London did introduce me to Inspector Space Time and I thought it was really cool. Okay. But I didn't turn into a fully fledged community fan.
0: Yeah. I, I
3: thought it was amazing. I just didn't watch it that
0: much so we, we can downgrade we can downgrade a huge fan to
3: to appreciate her
0: appreciate her, occasional yes. fan all right great um the daleks on mm-hmm. doctor who had to be redesigned to match your height as you're half a foot taller than billy piper who was the first companion in the revival
3: i don't even know if that's true but i heard that too on set but i just didn't believe it at the time <laughs> I just didn't I don't know why I've chosen not to believe this uh, I mean it's pretty demeaning to the Daleks to have me <laughs> standing next to them I mean it's hard enough to make them look scary anyway these days so. <laughs>
0: this is true Use the code word panic moon which is an anagram of companion when auditioning for the role of the doctor's assistant slash companion. Fact. Okay, so w- w- when it says you used the code word Panic Moon, in what, in what context?
3: Okay, so this is how it went down. All right, I was told that I had to walk into the BBC Television Centre in uh-huh. London and I had to do this audition All for right. Doctor Who. And they were like, but you can't even tell the receptionist that you're auditioning for Doctor Who because it's that much of a secret. So you have to use <laughs> Panic Moon. So I, I had to literally walk in and I was like, oh, people are going to laugh at this. And I was like, um, I'm here for Panic Moon. <laughs> Right. And then, um, and then they let me in.
0: I'm here for Panic Moon, and then a huge yeah, wink,
3: a huge wink,
0: yeah. Like, and, eh? Eh? and they're they going panic button.
3: Yeah, <laughs> like somebody remove this girl. We have, we have
0: another one here. <laughs> I'm here for Panic Moon. It's all worked out. It's all worked out. And now, of course, you make nothing but movies that have weird code names as well. Don't worry, I'm not fishing for the Avengers code name, but I, I you know, I just know that there have been code names.
3: Well, on... they're all called Welcome to the Jungle.
0: Now. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> the last one. Uh, you love rummaging through vintage clothes shops and playing the piano. I don't know why they've lumped those two together. I don't <laughs> why
3: are those together yeah, I, at the same time? Yeah,
0: I don't imagine that you go to vintage clothes shops that only have pianos in them and doing the same.
3: That I would if I knew that those existed. Um, <laughs> I do like rummaging through vintage clothes shops. I feel like I used to do that a lot more than I do now, though, because I can't find them anywhere. But in London, I will always do that. And I have a piano that I like to play.
0: Alright, what's the song of choice? If, you're, if there's a piano right here, right now Forget the dance fighting The henchmen are not going to come in Yeah What are you take Lena Arvies with? I wrote
3: one that I When I was like 15 or 16 Right I like composed this little piece That I always play So that's my go-to What's it called? I don't think I gave it a name but I got a good mark for it in school.
0: That's not too bad. Uh, you'll have a recording contract by the, by yes. the, by the next Christmas. Brilliant. Karen Gillan Christmas album. that will be fantastic. Yeah. Or just Karen Gillan Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah, exactly. I was going
3: to say, like, no more. No, we don't need the Christmas part.
0: they got to get it in somehow. It's for the Christmas market.
3: Okay, you're right. Yeah. Let's do it.
0: Theme from Karen Gillan. How about that?
3: Yeah. Theme from Karen Gillan. Welcome to the Christmas Jungle.
0: <laughs> Sold. Done. Done. And the very last thing I want to ask uh, is we ask a lot of people this, uh, to choose a favorite scene from movie history. The first Mm. thing that pops into your head.
3: I don't know where this came from. All right. Because I don't know if this is right. Right. It, there's no right answer no, here. No, but for me, I don't know if it's accurate to whether this really is my favourite scene of all time. But okay. in the madness of King George, oh, wow. when he is being pulled from the room in slow motion in that one shot uh-huh. and the coronation um, uh-huh. song is playing uh-huh. is so epic. Oh, wow. Um, I think I'm going to go for that. But why? also, like, what about all the brilliant Kubrick scenes? That well, that's the thing. You've been?
0: just bypassed Kubrick and gone straight to... Yeah, make- I don't know why that yeah. like
3: came out of my... Minds. That's so interesting.
0: Yeah, is that a scene that you think about a lot, or is it just? I it did just remember. In
3: I remember thinking, like, this is beautiful. This is one of my favorite scenes yeah. that I've seen. But then all the Kubrick scenes. I mean, what about The Shining when the blood comes down the corridor, or the twins, <laughs> or like just you know Jack running around. Yeah. The hotel.
0: Yeah. All it, of them. All the all the good stuff. Yeah. All the good stuff. Can we just do another
3: podcast about Stanley Kubrick?
0: I think we could. Oh, I, I'm, I think, I'm up for that. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's, so it's, in, it's it's 2001, Clockwork Orange, The Shining, number three. Well, in oh, in, terms, of, in terms of Kubrick, yeah. Yeah,
3: I think so. Although this, they kind of alternate those top three. Okay. But I am controversial. I like Eyes Wide Shut, which a lot of people don't love. It's, I don't mind it. I think Have you watched it more than once? No Okay, you need to watch it one more time I'm serious It's like olives It's an acquired taste
0: Alright, okay I'll give it a go Brilliant Karen Gillan Next time you come back on we'll do a Kubrick podcast Exclusively Kubrick I want to do that That is my my promise to you Okay, That's the Empire Pledge Fantastic It's been a pleasure Okay, great, thank you Thank you That's Karen Gillan She's great Cool You're allowed to agree with that I do Yeah? Yeah James, where do you stand on Karen Gillan?
2: I'm a big fan of Karen Gillan's.
0: Yes, I think she's very, very good. Well done.
2: Mm. Oculus in particular was one of my favorite horrors of whatever year it came out in. T-
0: I'm going to say
2: 2011. It was very, very good. I yes, right. I will be completely wrong in that. I'm sure. Also stars Battlestar Galactica's Katie Sackhoff.
0: Right, so let's talk about the big movies that are coming out. Um, And because we're going to be off for a couple of weeks, we're going to skim very quickly over some of the big releases that will be be out over the Christmas and New Year period as well. Uh, We can't review The Greatest Showman yet. It is under embargo, but Helen and I have seen it. Yes. Uh, Helen, can you communicate even roughly to the folks uh, at home what it's about?
1: It is the story of P.T. Barnum, played here Mm -hmm. by Hugh Jackman, who Mm -hmm. um, uh, starts off his career sort of uh, as a circus man, basically almost, uh, I hesitate to use the word freak show because as you'll see from the film, it's entirely inappropriate, but Mm -hmm. he gathers a collection of unusual and odd things um, gets people to pay to come and see them and then basically keeps upping his own game in search of Mm -hmm. um, first of all just some profitability but eventually respectability as well he wants to be respected as well as just successful yes
0: and what's what's special about this film Helen what makes it stand out from the crowd without of course I must I must uh, implore you not use any review
1: language no well I wouldn't dream of reviewing it but I will say that this is a musical uh, version of the story that it's, uh, it mm. zips along through the medium of music uh-huh. um, s- some songs written by um, the guys who did Dear Evan Hansen which just just won like all of the Tonys yeah. uh, this year and, and uh, the lyrics
0: for La La Land your favourite film of the year sh-
1: you're half right Chris and uh, and it's got a great cast I mean, you've got people like um, Michelle Williams uh, Rebecca Ferguson in there as well some great newcomers also among the um, the cast. Oh, Zach is uh, Zach Efron and Zendaya as well. Are fantastic, in, or well, I don't know if they're fantastic. I couldn't say. I'm embargoed. But if they, if I had say, if I was able to say, I probably would say that.
0: Wow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Look, it's really Helen. hard. Okay. So as tough. your lawyer,
0: Helen. <laughs> uh, right. All right. So we we can't. We definitely say-
1: can't review. We can't even
0: see what we've given it, can we?
1: No, we definitely can't review The Greatest Showman, um, which is a shame.
0: Alright, but check it out because I think the embargo is up on Boxing Day when the film is out.
1: I think it's up on the 20th, in fact. It out on the 20th. No, the, the embargo is up on the, the 20th. The embargo
0: is out on the 20th. The film is out on Boxing Day. Correct. So you'll find out what Helen thinks about it uh, on the 20th. Because you wrote the review, did
1: you? I did, yes. Okay.
0: Uh, what else do we have coming out? We have Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Now, this is a film that I was very surprised by and an, a very pleasantly surprised. It really, really made me happy.
1: It's super likeable um, and I think that's the, the genius um, of this particular take on the Jumanji story is that instead of things from a game coming out into the real world it's the other way around it's uh, people, kids, teenagers from the real world get sucked into a game and stuck in bodies which are singularly ill-suited to mm-hmm. their personalities which sets up a lot of the humour of the film so you've got a, a, a shy, slightly nerdy sort of 15-year-old who is now The Rock um, which is uh, something I'm sure many shy, nerdy 15-year-olds have dreamed of. Um, but it, it causes problems as well as solving problems. So there you go. And, uh, and, and similarly for the rest of them as well. Um, it turns out Jack Black is, was born to play a 15-year-old girl, which I don't think I realised until now. <laughs> um, but he is, in fact, the sort of school beauty queen and Instagram queen mm-hmm. who is uh, saddled with the body of Jack Black. Yeah, and it's really—it's just yeah—it's—it's a little bit too long, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, It could have maybe cut out twenty minutes, half an hour. Mm -hmm. But um, but there's a lot of good stuff in this film, and it's it's very funny. Yeah, Uh, it's very charming, and um, and it's yeah, I just had a blast, really.
0: Yeah, I I I went back and forth in this one, honestly, between three and four stars because I really really enjoyed it, Uh, and three stars is obviously Mm -hmm. you know a recommendation. But I do wonder if you give it four stars that maybe raises people's expectations and they see the film. and it's a perfectly amiable film. Yeah it's funny and it makes you chuckle all the way through. and the chemistry between the, the, the main four in particular uh, is is off the charts. and they're really funny, and they're playing against type, and it it, made, it restored my faith in the rock. I mean, I've said yeah. recently on the podcast, that I, I just I, I, I feel for a while he's been coasting. On charm, his choice of projects is somewhat questionable. His choice of directors is somewhat questionable, and this is a movie that makes you realize, oh my God, there's a really, there's a really funny, really talented comedic actor in there. Kevin Hart is hilarious yeah, in this is. as well. He is basically not the school bully, but he is the school uh, jock. Yeah, uh, in real life, and he, as he says in the <laughs> film, I'm missing the top two feet of my body uh, in this, and he's just he's just really really good and their chemistry together is excellent mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I enjoyed Central Intelligence and you know, they, they established that again Karen Gill is great because this is a role that could have been just a typical sex pop but she really plays against that really really interestingly and Jack Black's very funny and it, it, because of the video game dynamic and uh, it can go anywhere really yeah. um, there are moments I mean, it has a real world aesthetic in, within a video game for a long long time and then it gives it a CG overload a little bit towards the end which is a bit of a shame but uh, I enjoyed it a great deal
1: it's
0: a lot of fun so this is three stars officially three stars but you know what it could easily be a four all right out on january 1st is the directorial debut of one aaron sorkin who is james's personal god and this is molly's game
2: are you yeah no it's full title is the four-star masterpiece that is (laughs)
1: you
2: you need to read the, the full title if it's a masterpiece wouldn't it be five stars it would be five stars it is not quite five stars and weirdly so i obviously (laughs) loved this film a lot um i think the the only place it falls down on this is aaron sorkin is a writer who does stuff at extraordinary pace and normally he works with directors on tv very often tommy Schlamy, who slows him down who adds kind of visual elements like the walk and talk to slow down the pace of his dialogue the only criticism i would make of this film in fact Dare I say it, the only thing close to a flaw in this almost perfect film (laughs) is the fact that without a director to hold him back, I think sometimes he's almost tripping over himself. It moves too quickly. The dialogue is so fast-paced that I think it could have done with someone going, calm down, breathe, Aaron, breathe, breathe. But yes, this is wonderful. This is Jessica Chastain as Molly Bloom. It's a true story of an Olympic-class skier who uh, ran a high-stakes poker game. Uh, and became a target of an FBI investigation. Idris Elba plays the lawyer who represents her uh, and who, West Wing fans, works for a a law firm called Gage Whitney, (laughs) which, as we all know, is Sam Seaborn's former employer. We actually do. That's pretty exciting. West Wing trivia for you. Um, And it was masterful, it was wonderful, and only a fool of a human being would give it less than the four stars it deserves. Hi. So, um... Okay, so officially... According to
0: Empire Magazine, yes. we gave it three stars. Yes, I saw which is that. A, I can only assume it was a printing error, which is a recommendation. Which
1: is a recommendation. And yeah. let me explain my thinking. First oh, of all... did you do it, Helen? I did.
0: Right, you know what I'm going to do yep. at this point? I'm actually... You know what? I'm going to take my headphones off. I'm going to stand <laughs> away from the microphone. Because I haven't seen this film. But I know that you two have been itching. Uh, how about it?
1: Here's my thing. It yeah, is, like, there are many strong things about this film. The performances are great. Obviously, the dialogue is great. There's far too much I of mean, it, great. as you I say.
2: Mean, the word I think you for is transcendent.
1: I let you speak, James. Will you do the same, please? I'm Thank gonna, you.
2: This, this is an Aaron talking film, Helen. No one gets the picture <laughs> of me.
1: The problem that, is... Again,
2: Helen will speak, and then you
1: will oh speak. Oh, my God. Chris is
2: the moderator. I've got to moderate <laughs> this thing, otherwise debate. it's just going to be bedlam.
1: You will a- keep interrupting me, anyway. Right, so... Um, the problem with the film is, uh, first of all, the pace of the storytelling takes away from a lot of what he's trying to say, actually, in the film. Um, secondly, the context of our times, uh, unfortunately, the film has fallen behind them, and this now feels out of date in ways that I can't talk about too specifically without it being a spoiler, but it is a weird film to view in a post-Weinstein era, and I know that's not Aaron Sorkin's fault, but it's something that's going to affect viewers, so I'm going to talk about it, but not right now, because it's a spoiler. Um <laughs> it's also got some like terrible bits in it like really like the the kevin costner scene towards the end that is a bad scene and a great film is a film with three good scenes and no bad ones so this already isn't a great film it is not good that is oh it should have been lost it's terrible um also it's just too fast-paced and to 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 say everything that it wants to say it thinks it's a much more feminist film than it is um, and I think it tries to say some stuff and completely loses it in the mess because he hasn't got anyone reining him in and I think Aaron Sorkin works best as part of a team
2: Rebuttal from James Dyer I think, just to keep it concise, I will say everything that Helen just said is wrong. Um, But in this particular case, I I do think he could have done with being reined in. But I think, I mean, it's magnificent. I think it's written like a play. It plays out like a stage play. And there's some fantastic theatrical moments in it. Idris Elba and Jessica Chastain, in particular, their scenes I thought were magnificent. Summary from Helen O'Hara.
1: Everything James just said is wrong.
2: Summary from James Dyer. Uh, it is regrettable that the four star masterpiece, of Molly's Game, did not get the star rating it deserved, but this will be remedied at some point <laughs> on the website, even if I must add the star myself.
0: I have decided that a three star review, as written officially in Empire Magazine, three stars for Molly's Game. Which,
1: which is, is a recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> it is a recommendation. But, but it's just
2: not that great. On, on my laptop here, I'm even now, as we speak, going into the CMS. And adjusting the review. I'm calling Terry. I'm
1: calling Terry.
0: <laughs> that won't make a blind bit of difference to him. Um, I I will just say, well done, well done, everybody for not killing each other. That's good. That's good. I think we've we've grown as people.
1: Hmm. James hasn't. La la la. James wrong, hasn't wrong, wrong. The, the big poo head, <laughs> the big silly.
0: All right. Okay. So we, we've got ten minutes now to discuss. Um, oh, there's another film out, isn't there? What's see What is it? Oh, Star Wars: The Last Jedi, which is out uh, now it's out now yeah right today in in all good and evil cinemas Uh, so this is the uh, 8th episode this is episode 8 in the Star Wars saga quick mention there will be a spoiler special uh, for this we recorded our part of it with Ryan Johnson this week and that won't be up until January 15th couple of reasons for that one we won't be able to record our part until we come back after Christmas uh, and two at the request of the filmmakers which is slightly more important than the first part but <laughs> yeah. there you go uh, so the 15th if that changes we'll let you know but the moment Jan 15th but anyway to the film who wants to have first crack at it
1: we open with a gigantic space battle between the First Order who are still formidable and the Rebel Fleet um, there are some surprises in there meanwhile Rey is trying to persuade Luke that he should teach her he is Uninterested given how disastrously mm-hmm. his last teaching job turned out. <laughs> yeah. And uh, during the film, uh, a, a revived and uh, reawoken um, Finn, uh, John Boyega, uh-huh. uh, is sent off on a mission that could be crucial to the survival of the Rebellion.
0: Right, so that's where we are. So this, this picks up pretty much right after the end of The Force Awakens, episode 7. Yeah. Okay, grand. So that's all you need to know plot wise uh, We will be discussing it in full detail on the spoiler special. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this or have already heard it, or
2: have already seen it but what do we think
0: what did we
2: think well we gave it much like molly's game four stars the same rating as we gave the force awakens and a lot of people have asked is this better than the force awakens Uh uh-huh uh i would argue it is a better film than the force awakens but i think i wonder whether a lot of Star Wars fans will enjoy it more. I think the best analogy I've had for this, and admittedly it's a rope you want to so bear with me, is that The Force Awakens is essentially a cover a cover album of your great of your, your favourite hits. You know, what I mean? it's the greatest hits. It's now that's what I call Star Wars. You know what I mean? Whereas this mm-hmm. feels like, you know, a progressive genre album by a new artist. You know, it's within the same umbrella. It takes place in the same world with the same characters and the same beats, but it's a different feeling so it feels like a different thing it feels like whereas JJ is a filmmaker who displays his influences very clearly this feels very much like Ryan Johnson's own story I really really like this film I don't think it's a five star film I don't think it's perfect I think one of the plot strands in particular and I won't say which one doesn't really hang together and I think maybe speaks to where Ryan's interests lie in terms of the characters he does and doesn't like incredibly he, I think he subverted a lot of tropes in here I yeah. think some very big surprises in here I mean, he really has made this story his own, and I think avoid social media, Avoid if you haven't seen it yet, really do avoid hearing anything, because a lot happens. But there's some fantastic moments, there's some beautiful character moments. I think, you know, Helen, in her review of The Force Awakens, said that Kylo Ren is the best villain in Star Wars. I mean, this... Came a lot closer to making that true. He is exceptional. He's phenomenal in this um, film. Really good. Luke also brilliant in this film. I mean, really, it's it's... new
1: characters. Kelly Marie Tran, I think, I thought was great. She makes an impact almost immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, Poe Dameron gets a lot more to do. Kind of justifies his existence a lot better. Not that he had to with that hair. Um, (laughs) And and I think both both. I mean, Finn's maybe a little underserved. I I always want more John Boyega. I think he's great. But um, but I think Ray does really well with what Mm. she's given. Sorry, Daisy Ridley. Whatever. It's all the same. (laughs) It's all the same, isn't it? Um, and yeah, I have some issues. I have some issues with the storytelling in the very final scenes, which I'm not going to say anything more mm-hmm. about. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I, I wouldn't go five stars. I, I wouldn't actually be tempted. And I think the people saying it's better than Empire Strikes Back are simply wrong, yes, alas. I agree. However, I do think it's a very, very good film with so many great, great scenes in it that, that really will, will shock you and surprise you. Yeah. I think
2: this, more yeah. than anything else, really does bode well for the future of Star Wars in terms of what Ryan Johnson will do with his new trilogy. Because I think this. Shows more than anything that he isn't someone who likes to continue other people's stories he likes to tell his own and he made this story his own and I'm fascinated to see what he does with three new films that he can make entirely his own. absolutely yeah.
0: there, there are some really interesting moments in this uh, great performances all the way through uh, Mark hamashi gets to speak as Luke Skywalker <laughs> this time and he is very very good indeed um, yeah I have, I have some issues with it I think it's a little bit too long I think it's about 20 minutes too long yeah. you could probably cut out quite a lot there are moments in this that feel weirdly prequely to me, there's there's one stretch in particular that feels very yeah. frequently we will talk about in the spoiler special. Uh, but there are things in this movie this this I don't know if it completely reawakened my love of Star Wars. I I didn't as you know I didn't love the Force Awakens that much, but it's gone a long way to doing so. There are moments in this that are just great and things stylistically and from a film grammar point of view that you have never seen in a Star Wars film before. Absolutely, uh, and it's intriguing and interesting and good to know that uh, that this series is allowing filmmakers to take risks uh, eight films in nine yeah. films in whatever um,
1: it's a heck of a tribute as well to Carrie Fisher
0: mm. it really way. is it really is and uh, he's got a lot of characters to, to, to juggle I agree I think I think it's possible that he's not as interested in Finn as he is in in Ray and Luke and Leia and Poe Dameron mm. who I think is great in this film uh, but for me, and you're going to love this, I'm about to eat a little bit of humble pie. I think Kylo Ren is, is magnificent in this film. Uh, Adam Driver is great. I'm still not prepared <laughs>
1: yeah. to go
0: down your he's the greatest villain in Star Wars. I just route. think
1: he's the most interesting. I'm not saying he's yeah. the most threatening. I'm, I'm not saying good. he's the most powerful necessarily, yeah. but he is fascinating.
0: He is fascinating. And also nips out. Uh, he, he, Adam Driver goes, yes. goes full he nips does, out in he this. Does. I don't. I can't remember a topless Star Wars guy before. Is look? I mean, even he's if,
1: a space floozy. Oh no, it is, it is, he is.
2: He's a space floozy. It's spectacular.
1: It is really is. It's pectacular. one scene, guys. Um, Calm down. Oh, it, but, it didn't. One you know, <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm not obsessing about it. I think, and I think this is true of like George Lucas was a great storyteller. He did not write good characters he lucked out that he had three incredibly charismatic actors in these very broad roles and i think the difference in this one more than any other styles film before is these are characters with an inner life baked into them they are mm. written into these parts and they're not reliant on the players to kind of draw that out of them
1: but they um, also have an embarrassment of riches in the yes. cast i mean kate Dickey's in there for like 30 seconds you know she's she will yeah. elevate any film she's in, and she's just there in the background. You know, Laura Dern's in it for God's sake. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Benicio del Toro. We haven't even talked about. They are it, the cast is just it's it's astounding.
0: Adrian Edmondson. A Edri- Adrian film. Edmondson. And uh, I will spoil a little bit. The spoiler special that is the first thing Ryan Johnson and I talk about. <laughs> The rest, you will have to wait until January 15th to find out. But we gave The Last Jedi four stars. For me, it is definitely an improvement on The Force Awakens. And the future of Star Wars is very interesting indeed. Uh, Okay. That's it. That's it for this week's Emperor podcast. And that's it for this year, apart from the huge happen thing and the review of the year. Yeah. Uh, Very, very excited uh, about what 2018 has in store. Uh, Until next, we meet with director Joe Wright, director of Darkest Hour, the Winston Churchill movie with Gary Oldman, and Andrea Risborough, who is star of one of the episodes of Black Mirror, which will be debuting on Netflix on December 29th. And they'll be our next guests on January 5th when we return. Until that auspicious occasion, it is goodbye from Helen.
1: Happy Christmas!
0: It's goodbye from James. Merry New Year! Uh, and it's goodbye for me happy Christmas to everybody I'm off to New York but mainly right now I'm off to separate these two because I think <laughs> they're about to start arguing about Molly's game yet again three Rock,
1: stars four have,
0: have, have an amazing four star Christmas everybody see you have next year have a
1: five star Christmas come have on have
0: whatever Christmas you want <laughs> see you next year thanks bye